1: You are Locked On Magic, your daily podcast on the Orlando
0: Magic, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is April 20th, 2017. I don't have to tell you what that means. It's Orlando Solar Bears Playoff Day. Woo! My name is Phil Prosper I'm the expert and site editor over at orlandomagicdaily.com. And of course, from all of us here at orlandomagicdaily.com, and by all of us I probably just mean me because I'm probably the only one that cares, uh, I want to wish the Orlando Solar Bears good luck in Game 3 of their Kelly Cup Playoff Series against the hated Florida Everblades. They'll play at the Amway Center. Puck drops at 7 p.m., you don't have your tickets, you probably should get them soon. And, of course, uh, Game 4 will be Saturday at the Amway Center. Let's do the sweep and get to the next round of the playoffs. Go Bears! Uh, Of course, we're here to talk about the Orlando Magic, though. Uh, Got a couple topics as we continue our What Went Right, What Went Wrong series. Uh, As we recap the 2017 season, we're going to talk about One really big thing that went wrong this year, and I'll I'll kind of frame it through one specific player, uh, as well as talk about one thing that started to look a little bit right and and maybe raises some questions later on. I'm I'm keeping those things hidden just as a tease. Recapping, though, what went down in the playoffs last night or Wednesday night. I'm losing track of the days already. Wednesday night uh, in the NBA playoffs, uh, kind of a quiet evening almost. The Wizards pulled out a nice win against the Hawks coming from behind in the fourth quarter. John Wall just taking over in that fourth quarter to deliver Washington a 2-0 series lead. Golden State playing without Kevin Durant uh, and Sean Livingston, which I think was a big absence, absolutely decimating the Portland Trailblazers. Uh, Golden State kind of proved that if their offense isn't going, they can ratchet up their defense pretty heavily. Uh, Draymond Green, another nice defensive effort. JaVale McGee out of nowhere, with a fantastic game, and then Clay, Clay Thompson, Steph Curry take over in the second half as Portland pulls away, or as Golden State pulls away for a dominant victory. But of course, the big news in the NBA last night was the Oklahoma City Thunder and Houston Rockets playing a playing really a classic game in so many ways, a historic game in some ways, but. Ultimately, a game the Houston Rockets won because they kind of stuck with it. They stayed within contact after giving up a big punch to Oklahoma City. They were down by 15 early in the first quarter. They came back into that game thanks to their shooting, thanks to their uh, thanks to their offense. I mean, that's just kind of what Houston does. They played their game and waited their waited their time. They trusted each other, and they were able to pull out the victory over the Oklahoma City Thunder, really running away. And a lot of the focus, rightfully so was placed once again on Russell Westbrook. He did have a triple-double. He scored 51 points. The most points scored in a playoff triple-double in NBA history. But he also took, I think it was 18 shots in the fourth quarter. Uh, He became kind of hero Russell. and, And sometimes that works. This time it didn't. Did not get anyone involved. Was jacking up bad shots. Wasn't getting into the paint. Creating for others. Creating for himself. The assists were maybe a little bit more important than the points. Because, you know, he can score... But he's got to get others involved. He's got to keep getting everyone else involved. And in the fourth quarter, it became, let's stand and watch Russell Westbrook. It wasn't even, let's stand and watch Russell Westbrook. Let's. It's just, oh, here's Russell, pull up, let's get back on defense. And, and that's not a good way to keep everyone engaged. Um, Westbrook, I, I made this comparison while I was watching the end of that game. Westbrook looked like Tracy McGrady back in his Magic days, where he knew he had to carry the team to the finish line. And he knew he could not trust anyone else on his team to, to help him. And that's a really tricky place to be. You can maybe get away with it in the regular season, but in the playoffs, you can't get away with it. And, and Westbrook's right. His box score doesn't matter. His scoring line doesn't matter. It doesn't matter that he scored 51 points in this game. The team came out with a loss in a game that Oklahoma City should have won. I'm not saying if, if Russell passed on a couple other shots... Um, they would have won the game. I think Houston was playing really, really well. They got themselves back into that game too, but Westbrook kept that door wide open by not getting his teammates involved and, and taking ver- some ill-advised shots. I mean, these weren't even good shots. These weren't rhythm jumpers. They weren't him attacking the basket and, and just missing you know, out of the breakneck speed that he plays he was pulling up and settling for jumpers and he was making them earlier in the game, didn't make them at the end of the game and and you know, the Thunder've got to find a way to get him to trust his teammates. Um I think Billy Donovan said after the game that uh you know, it, it's not necessarily bad that Westbrook scored all those points, but it's got to come within the flow of the offense. You got to trust each other. The assists are more important than the points sometimes. That was a big point that they made on, on TNT after the game as well. So the Rockets take a 2-0 lead. I anticipate Oklahoma City bouncing back. They are a good team. Victor Oladipo, uh, Matt, you know, everyone's interested in Victor Oladipo. Seem to settle down a little bit. Still some playoff nerves. The Rockets are letting him shoot the ball, which he is not good at. He is struggling to shoot from the perimeter, which is something Magic fans have known for for quite some time. Uh, and uh, you know, this is what the playoffs do. The playoffs reveal your greatest weakness. They they teams are able to pinpoint your weakness and expose it. And you've got to be able to fight through it and get to your strengths or make your weakness a strength in the playoffs. And so we're seeing that throughout the postseason right now. You take a look at Boston down 2 0 in their series. Their weakness was rebounding, and Chicago is exploiting that weakness to full effect as they take that surprising series lead. Um, tomorrow should be an interesting day in the NBA. Got Pacers, Cavs, game three. You've got Spurs, Grizzlies, game three. Take that for data. Uh, and of course, um, what I think is a game of the night. Eight o'clock on NBA TV. Bucks Raptors in Milwaukee. So that that should be a fun night of basketball on Thursday. Another triple header for you uh, in the NBA as we are are getting into crunch time here. Or we're getting past those first couple games, getting to where series start to get interesting. So lots of NBA going on. Be sure to check out the rest of the Locked On Locked On Podcast Network. To learn more about these teams, uh, I, I've, I've been catching up on old episodes of Locked On Bucks. They do a fantastic job covering the Milwaukee Bucks, getting you set for these games. As the as do my good pals, the Rain and Jays at Locked On Celtics. Probably one of the—I will, I will say this, they're good friends of mine. They're Locked On Celtics. I'm not a Celtics fan. I listen to Locked On Celtics and just enjoy listening— to uh, John Corrales, Jay King, and, and and Sean Grandy, I think, also contributes there as well. Um, talk about the Boston Celtics. I'm sure they've got a lot going on. You have, you've, of course, got Sean Hyken, who runs Locked On Bulls. Um, our good friend Fred Katz runs Locked On Thunder. So if you're looking for anything about any of the teams in the NBA playoffs, type in on Audioboomer iTunes, Locked On, the team you're looking for. So Locked On Bucks, Locked On Bulls, Locked On Celtics, Locked On Pacers, Locked On Cavaliers, Locked On Cavs I think it is, Locked On Thunder, Locked On Spurs, Um, good pal Jeff Garcia does Locked On Spurs. If you're looking for insights into any of these games before the NBA playoffs, before the NBA playoff playoff games get too deep into them, check out the Locked On Podcast Network. Just like Locked On Magic, daily content on the teams, uh, especially at playoff time, that's the place you want to go to learn a little bit more about these playoff matchups from the experts that know them. But of course, we are a Magic podcast, and uh, we're unfortunately, we're not watching the playoffs to, to see the Magic try and win a championship, where we're sitting here recapping the 2017 season. And uh, as we've done all week this week, and we'll continue on into next week as well with player evaluations beginning, uh, as we've done all week this week, we are looking at something that went right and something that went wrong this season. There's obviously a lot more that went wrong and, and we'll get into the big one there in just a moment. But I want to start, I like to start on a positive note. So we're going to talk about something that went right for the Magic. And it probably came at a time that the Magic maybe didn't want to see this go right. Or, or not, not necessarily see this go right because I don't think they are actively rooting for players' failure. But for this player, the way he finished the season became kind of a big deal. I, I I jokingly said this after after last week's finale against the Detroit Pistons, that by making those three jump shots to beat the Detroit Pistons, Alfred Payton may have saved his job. And it was a complete joke, but it has a little bit of ring of truth to it. Because with those three jumpers and with that victory, the Magic ended up falling from a tie for fourth most lottery combinations to fifth most lottery combinations. Philadelphia getting the fourth most lottery combinations, Orlando getting 88 in the upcoming NBA draft lottery in less than a month from now. It was a complete joke, of course. You know, who knows what direction the Magic are going to go. Everyone kind of believes that Rob Hennigan was a big Alfred Payton fan, frankly defended him against Scott Skiles at the end of the day, uh, and believes in what Payton can do. And now that, whatever you want to call it, that protection is gone. And everyone kind of felt that Hennigan was probably gone as the season wound down anyway. Anyway. Payton poured in a stellar post All-Star break run that, like he did at points last year, made you believe maybe Alfred Payton is the point guard of the future. After the All-Star break, Alfred Payton averaged 13.5 points per game, 7.0 rebounds per game, and 8.4 assists per game, shooting 50.8% from the floor. We've talked about this a little bit on the show already, and it's been a big talking point about what Alfred Payton can do. He had five triple-doubles. He ended up fifth in the league in in triple-doubles, and that was the year of the triple-double. He was more aggressive getting to the basket. Most of his shots came at the basket. He stopped taking jumpers, which is his obvious weak spot. And as I've kind of always said... I'm sure I've mentioned it here. Maybe I haven't. I've done so many episodes of this this year. I, 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 I lose track of what I've actually said on the podcast and what I've said to people off, off air. When Alfred Payton is really, really good, the Magic are a really good team. They're a really dangerous offensive team when Alfred Payton is good. It was that way last year. It was this that way this year. When he is able to get downhill and get to the basket, he can cause defenses to collapse and get others involved. He is a smart passer. He is a good passer, but he doesn't always have that north-south aggression that he needs, especially because he doesn't have the jumper to keep defenses honest. The end to this season, this post-All-Star break run that he had, was really a sign of what he can do when given the opportunity. When given the ball in his hands and the freedom to create. In an open floor system, where there's shooters around him, and the paint isn't clogged, and he's able to get out and transition, Peyton becomes a really effective weapon. It's to the point where, I mean, if he can play like he did after the All-Star break, with that kind of urgency and aggressiveness, on offense at least, then you don't feel that need to find a point guard so urgently. Because Peyton can at least do that serviceably. His defense is still an issue. And that's something that the Magic are going to have to work on. I mean, Frank Vogel said it in his exit interview that the one of the biggest defensive breakdowns this year was the team struggled individually on defense, one-on-one defensively, keeping guys in front of them and corralling the basketball. But heading into a draft, where there are so many point guards. And I'm not just talking about the top two guys. Markel Fultz and Lonzo Ball, if you get a top two pick, I'm sorry, Alfred Payton, we're going with Markel Fultz or Lonzo Ball. Those two guys are really special with their athleticism, their scoring ability especially. Defense, you can can teach them. But, let's say the Magic do end up picking fifth or sixth. Are they really going to Purposely look for a point guard, or or are they going to be willing to say Alfred Payton is perfectly all right? If he plays the way that he did after the All-Star break, I think you become a lot more comfortable with that. There's a point in this draft where you'll say, Payton's fine. I mean, I don't don't know if it's Darren Fox for you. I don't know if it's uh, Frank Natikolina for you. I, I don't know where that point comes. There does seem to be a sense that there's a point guard change coming, that, that Peyton doesn't quite do it for you. And I think that's perfectly fair because you can't look at this about 25 game segment and forget about the previous 57 games where Peyton was inconsistent, seemed un you know, struggled to run the offense, struggled on defense especially. That part of him. Doesn't go away. But with the way the Magic played after the All Star break, with the way the Magic want to play like they did after the All Star break, and Peyton flourishing individually as he did, it does make you stop and think that maybe this is how they need to use Alfred Payton all along. Maybe this is the way to get the most out of Alfred Payton. And if this is the way to get the most out of Alfred Payton, Should we watch this experiment again? Is our urgency to get a point guard lowered because of it? I would tend to think it is a little bit. You know, I while I, I think some of the triple-doubles were empty stats and I think the defense is still a huge concern with him, I think that what we saw from Peyton after the All-Star break is something sustainable for him. That's a style of play that always fit him. And he finally got to play that way. It was a good run for Alfred Payton to end the season. And it provided, again, some hope that the Magic are better than they think. Better off than they think at the moment. As you can tell... We are beginning to grasp at straws here at things that did go right. This is a small sample size. These are big questions that the new general manager is going to have to answer. But at least Peyton gave them some food for thought before they have to answer that question. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the
1: year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best selling LED light bulbs.
0: When it comes to things like this, Alfred Payton was great on offense, but he was bad on defense. And while statistically he still had a positive defensive box plus minus, so he was he was above the replacement level. Just watching him play, there were still many of the same struggles that plagued him his sophomore year. And overall, the Magic's defense was the issue. For the team this year. Entering the year, the Orlando Magic were ready to push their chips to the middle of the table and make a push for the playoffs. They aren't they weren't hiding that. They were going in on this team. And so they had a decision to make. Where do we put our eggs here? What kind of team are we trying to build in this one summer? And after, you know, looking at the roster, it didn't take a genius to say, well, this team's not going to score a lot of points. This isn't this isn't an offensive juggernaut. Our best bet is to build a defensive team, be in the top 10 on defense, and use that as our ticket to get in the playoffs. It's a logical play. If you're elite at something in this league, you will have a chance to compete for the playoffs. It's proven on both sides of the ball, time and time and time again. And so they began piecing together the team, and and also the Magic were starting off at a good spot too. They finished last. They finished last season 16th in the league in defensive rating, so it seemed like they had some more room to grow and they could springboard their way up, especially adding a defensive coach like Frank Vogel. And so the team started pu- putting some pieces together. They acquired Serge Ibaka and signed Bismack Biombo to be their big rim protectors, to fill a need that the Magic had clearly been lacking on the defensive end. Of course, it all fell apart. Not only did acquiring both those players push Aaron Gordon to the three, which made him struggle on offense, which we talked about on yesterday's uh, podcast, it also... You know, it had a lot of negative effects offensively. It also didn't have the intended effect on defense. Whether it was because of the Magic's poor perimeter defense, which I talked about a little bit, or whether it was because of the changing NBA, where teams spread the ball out a lot more. They take a lot more three-pointers. They make it tough for you to wall off the paint because there are simply not enough bodies there without giving up open three-pointers. The plan did not work. The pieces did not fit together. And oddly enough, the albatross hanging around the Magic's neck became that big that big free agent signing in Bismack Biyombo. He seemed to become superfluous as he had a down year defensively. I wouldn't say a bad year defensively, but a down year defensively. And with the investment that the Magic made and the resources they put to signing him not just the $17 million contract, but also being there night one of free agency to go, off, to go after him. That was something that went wrong. Biombo became a symbol for the defensive shortcoming. Because while he had a bat down defensive year, he couldn't provide anything on offense. So he became a net negative. Because he wasn't a terror defensively. He was about his average. And like him, the, when the Magic's defense crumbled, they didn't have an offense to lean back on. Biombo's final numbers for the season were not bad, as I said. Finished with 2.1 defensive defensive win shares, which is about his career average. Posted a plus 2.0 defensive box plus minus. Finished just outside the top 20 in the league in that category, according to Basketball Reference. And was right behind Nikola Vucevic, right behind the team's leader in that category, Nikola Vucevic, who finished in the top top 10, 20. However, Biomba posted a career-low 4.1% block rate. His rebound rate came down from its career high of 20.8 to 17.2. His field, more importantly, his field goal percentage allowed at the rim fell from 45.2% last year to 52.7% this year or rose to 52.7% this year. He was less effective as a defender this year. It wasn't that he was bad. He was still a very good defender, by all accounts. But he wasn't otherworldly. And on this team, they needed the playoff version of Bismack Biyombo. And with all the pressure and all the, the weight that comes with carrying that big contract, he began to shoulder some of the blame from fans and, and from others. Which is a lot to say for a guy coming off the bench. Because, like I said in a podcast earlier, Serge Ibaka certainly did not look like a spry chicken uh, and did not seem to put kind of the same attention to detail on defense either. And that was something that kind of permeated. It was not a kind of communal team effort here to play defense. It was the team simply struggling to get all the pieces to fit. And is just a symbol of that. Because Aaron Gordon played fine defense this year. He had a very good defensive year. Nikola Vucevic had a good defensive year. Bismack, Biombo, Serge Ibaka were about average defensively. Alfred Payton statistically bounced back defensively from where he was last year. The pieces just didn't fit together. It didn't come together as a unit defensively. Orlando on the year finished 24th in the league in defensive rating, giving up 108 points per 100 possessions. They gave up more than 100 point they gave up fewer than 100 points and this is the crazy thing. They started off so well. They were in the top I think top 8 in defensive rating through the first quarter of the season through about 20 games. They had a stretch in November and early December where they gave up fewer than 100 points in 10 of 11 games. Think of think of how incredible that sounds today, to give up fewer than a hundred points in ten of eleven games during one of the greatest offensive seasons in NBA in recent NBA history. There was an offensive revolution this year. Defenses were the defensive rate, the top defensive rating in the league this year. The San Antonio Spurs was the highest defensive rating number since the nineteen ninety five season. And that was the year they brought the three-point line in by a foot. So this was a historic offensive season. And the Magic came out of the gates stopping everybody. They couldn't score themselves. They were stopping everybody. After that stretch in early December, the Magic gave up more than 100 points in the next 10 games. And they would not hold an opponent to less than 100 points again until early february. We're not hold opponents to less than 100 points in consecutive games until early february. That was a span that nearly lasted the entire time of their consecutive win streak drought. Again, their defense was a major symptom of their struggles. It was the symptom of their struggles. It was the symptom of their failure this season. They could not get their defense to come together. And like I said, it doesn't all fall on Bismack Biombo. I bring him up as an example of how... I bring him up more as a narrative example, less than an actual cause. I mean, I think... Evan Fournier had a really bad year defensively. Terrence Ross was okay. The bench was particularly bad defensively. But Biombo was the new guy. He was the guy that was meant to transform the team. And he didn't quite deliver to the level that the Magic needed. He was about his career average. And unfortunately, that's really not what the Magic paid for. And since the Magic didn't get that, they will be in the NBA Draft Lottery on May 16th. We are getting closer and closer and closer to that. Uh, I'm having a lot of fun with this project that I that I started up randomly. The hashtag one lottery per day. I want to thank everyone who sent in their one lottery per day. We've gotten some good ones. We've gotten some bad ones. But remember, lottery practice makes lottery perfect. So let's go to our pals at Tankathon and run our one lottery per day. And we got ourselves a winner for the first time. And this is day four of the one lottery per day. For the first time, the Orlando Magic will select with the first pick in the NBA draft. This was one of those 88 combinations that will deliver the Orlando Magic the first overall selection. Rounding out the top three, we got Philadelphia and Boston. So, not only in this scenario do the Magic get the top pick, but they also get the Lakers pick. And in three of the four days so far, the Magic have indeed gotten the Lakers pick. As we get, we're still very, very early here in the one lottery per day. This is just round four. So, as we get deeper and deeper and deeper into this, I would anticipate that we'll be able to draw some statistical conclusions. Probably not significant statistical conclusions, but draw some, statistic, some some conclusions about what might happen and just how random this lottery really is. So, so far, this is the first time we've had the Magic win our one lottery per day. I'll actually take a screenshot of this. Let me do that. screenshot taken. I'll share that on the Twitter account at LockedOnMagic. So we have our first Magic win for one lottery per day. Who would the Magic pick with the first pick in the NBA draft? Um, and now they're going to make me redo the lottery. I don't care. Uh, I, If I were the Magic, I would take um, Markel Fultz with the top pick. I, I think he is the best player in this draft uh, and I think that um, if the Magic do get the opportunity to take the number one pick in the draft, they absolutely should take Marco Fultz from Washington. Long way to go, obviously, in some of the preparations and some of the review of this, uh, but that's that's where I would go if the Magic win the lottery at, at this moment. Of course, I've still got some draft prep to do, um, but what I saw from Fultz, I saw Fultz play like two or three games this year. He was hurt in a couple of them, and he still looked like the best player on the floor, and I'm, I'm really impressed with with the with the skills and abilities that he has, and I don't think he even showed all of it at Washington because Washington was just such a weird environment for him. Uh, so, first time all week in our hashtag one lottery per day that the Magic have won the lottery again. Lottery practice makes lottery perfect. Uh, if the Magic were to win the lottery and get the Lakers pick, I think that would be just about perfect for this team on May 16th. So got a long way to go before that. About 26 days, I think it said, on on Tankathon. I'm not going to go back and look. Please send us your hashtag one lottery per day on Twitter. You can take a screenshot of your lotteries. We'll share them on the Twitter account at LockedOnMagic as well as on at OmagicDaily. Use the hashtag one lottery per day. Remember, only do one lottery per day. Don't want to don't want to waste don't want to waste these these good uh these good lottery scenarios uh, too much I suppose um, but again lottery practice makes lottery perfect that's what I always say uh, you can of course follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Magic as well as like us on Facebook at Locked On Magic. you can follow me on Twitter at O Magic Daily as well as like Orlando Magic Daily on Facebook at Orlando Magic Daily be sure to check out OrlandoMagicDaily.com for the latest on the Orlando Magic uh, including our continuing series of what went right and what went wrong this season as we continue our 2017 season recap. You can subscribe to the podcast, of course, on iTunes, Audioboom, Stitcher. Tune in all the fun places that you download podcasts to your podcast-enabled listening device. And be sure to check out the other great podcasts on the Locked On Podcast Network. You've got uh, tomorrow the Indiana Pacers and Cleveland Cavaliers, as well as the Milwaukee Bucks and Toronto Raptors and Memphis Grizzlies and San Antonio Spurs playing in the playoffs. Be sure to check out all the great podcasts, whether it's locked on Cavs, locked on Pacers, locked on Raptors, locked on Bucks, locked on Spurs, or locked on Grizzlies. That is your place to go to get ready for these games coming up tomorrow in the NBA as well as the other great podcasts on the Locked On Podcast Network including the Locked On NFL shows. The NFL draft is next week as well, so be sure to get ready. I'm sure Locked On Bucks has a great reaction to the Buccaneers being selected to be on Hard Knocks this year. I'm sure they'll have some fantastic content on that as well. You can most of the NFL teams are covered on the Locked On Podcast Network. That's going to do it for me tonight. We'll be wrapping up our what went right, what went wrong series tomorrow. On, to, on Locked On Magic so until then for Orlando Magic Daily and Locked On Magic this has been Philip Rossman Reich. see you all again tomorrow on another episode of Locked On Magic you are Locked On Magic your daily Orlando Magic podcast part of the Locked On Podcast Network your team every day Ace is the place with the helpful hardware
1: folks